Welcome to the Get Emergent podcast. This is a podcast about leadership development, improving communication, and enhancing team performance. I'm Cindy Massingill. And I'm Ralph Simone. And we've got some energy today about something new that we're working on called the Mindful Leader. What do we mean by that, Ralph? If we first break down mindfulness and let's demystify it from an Eastern perspective, moment to moment awareness about what is happening in the present and as it relates to self, others in the situation. And let's just net this out very pragmatically. If we're aware of our thinking and feeling, if we're aware of how others are experiencing us, and if we are aware of the context of the current situation, we can't help but make better choices on what our course of action could be. So I feel like that's sort of the why for mindful leader, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it, it, it gets beyond this superficial conversation. A lot of people talk about as awareness and consciousness, but it's a really deep understanding of yourself right? Know thyself, one of the first places to start. Knowing others, you know, if we know what motivates others and what gets in their way, we can help them work through it. And then if we can read the situation, right, it's our connection to the outside world. It's not just the internal situation, but it could be the external business challenges and threats. We got this thing nailed. So it is is really paying attention to those three things. So what we're saying with Mindful Leader is there's three components, self-awareness, others' awareness, and situational awareness. Saying those out loud, I can see so many roadblocks just based on our experience with working with thousands of leaders, you know, especially, you know, just starting with the self-awareness, I can see the roadmap of how do you have awareness if you don't have awareness? Like, I mean, that's like, well, how do you do that? That's a million dollar question. And I think, so we have to have multiple ways to create that awareness. One of the things we would recommend is right strategic stillness. This idea of quieting the mind, not, not thinking, but slowing down that incessant stream of thought so that you can kind of be more aware of what's really going on, what's driving you. And so that's a way, right? Journaling is another way to kind of become aware. You know, one of the 360 assessments we use, the Leadership Circle Profile says, habits of thought drive patterns of behavior. Now, connect the dot to one more thing, the results you're getting, right? Well, how we think influences what we do, influences what we get or what we don't get. So a very pragmatic way to come at this self-knowledge is are you getting the results that you want? If not, let's start to pay attention to the actions you're taking in the thoughts that are driving those actions or behaviors. I come at this, I don't come at it from an Eastern perspective at all. Maybe that's my limited knowledge of Eastern. I come at this as netting it out. If we're not getting what we want, let's look at our piece of the equation. The fact that you brought up the assessment, isn't that one way to create the awareness that we don't have the awareness, right? Well, think, think about this one. The higher up in an organization you go, the least amount of meaningful feedback you get. So one of the reasons that 360 assessments have become popular is so I now get feedback that I'm not typically getting 
from the people that I work with or that work for me or that I work for. And, you know, so we have a lot of blind spots and, you know, that's a way that's a little formal, but I, I think we need to be asking people on a regular basis, how are you experiencing me and how in the way you're experiencing me, is that impacting your motivation, impacting your clarity on what I'm asking for, impacting your ability to do the job? We need to ask. We need to ask many different people in many different ways so that we have fewer and fewer blind spots. You're making me think of a new show that my husband and I have been watching called The School of Chocolate on Netflix. It's fantastic. Mm, sounds tasty. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. It's just a really, they do some amazing, marvelous creations with chocolate and not just for consumption, but literally works of art. But the host of the show, who is a Frenchman, Amari Gouchon, he's a chef and he has the title of world-renowned chocolatier. Sounds very formal, but one of the things I love about the show outside of the artwork is the way that he gives feedback. Really, it's brilliant. And it's very direct. It's very honest. It's very empathetic. It's very brief. I mean, mm -hmm. just literally very quick. If you want to see a great example of what, what it looks like giving feedback. But the reason why I bring that up is because I think that creates a level of awareness. If we all could just maybe get some of that really compassionate feedback a little bit more often, that helps us discover more about us, that helps us discover more about where we might have some blind spots. I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and I, I'm not remembering whose podcast or who the guest was. You're making me think of what they referred to as gracious authenticity. Too often, we're not giving people information that they could use to step further into their potential. And right. I think what you described, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching an episode of chocolate and eating some of it, is this idea of giving that feedback, what's missing, what's not quite right, but giving it in a gracious way, right? So there's this gracious authenticity that allows people to kind of hear it and then make adjustments, right? They become more mindful. They become more aware of what is working and what's not working. We've got to be able to get it, right? Like we want to give it to folks, but we've got to be able to get it like in the form of an assessment or create the conditions for people to really give us that feedback, go out and looking for that. And, you know, there's a lot of inertia that exists in organizations. And so one of the things we have to get at is what's the resistance factor to giving this feedback? And, and I think, again, needing to, uh, leaders have to be very intentional. I think part of gracious authenticity is being vulnerable to talk openly. You know, we've talked in previous podcasts about psychological safety. You've got to be mindful of how safe is the environment. Now, you can ask for feedback, but is there a history in your culture of people being comfortable, gifted, and their feedback being received. And so I think that's what we need to pay attention to. It's one thing to say something. It's another to embody it and actualize it in the organizational culture. So that's self-awareness. You also spoke to the second element of 
having more other awareness in this mindful leader model. Yeah, and I think a key skill in other awareness is deep listening. Deep listening, deep observational skills. Pay, have enough contact with your people to really know where they're at, what motivates them, what, what gets them up early in the morning, what they're struggling with, right? Because what motivates them is going to lead to increased performance. What they're struggling with is going to interfere with performance. And so deep listening and really paying attention to what's going on in the whole of a person's life, not just in the piece that you interact with them on. Do you think the, so you talked about deep listening and also deep observation skills with it. You know, I, I think they definitely go hand in hand. Do you think it's easier or more challenging to do that in some of these virtual ways that we connect and communicate? I'm hesitant to say what's coming to my mind. My, my initial gut reaction to that is I would think it might be harder virtually, but I might take that back a little bit because I think if we're fully present, if we're fully aware, and I think if we are observing at a deep level and listening at a deep level, I think we can do it, whether we can see the person, whether they're in the same room with us, or whether it's simply by telephone. And I think what it really starts with is being mindful and intentional that that's something that you want to do. Because, you know, it'll create a level of connection. I think I've created some stronger connections in this last 18 months with people that I've never met. Me too. So I'm hesitant to say it's harder because then I think it excuses people from actually doing what's possible. And I was really thinking about your answer. I almost want to say, and I, you know, I'm not sure this is my final answer, but I almost want to say that the deeper, maybe not the listening, but more the observation skills is easier virtually. We're doing this podcast by Zoom and I almost feel like I have less to look at because I am so focused on this screen with both you and you know you and Jeff, our producer on the, on the screen. I feel like I'm observing better, but I'm, you know, I don't know. I don't, we'll have to test that one out. Well, if we go back to the mindful leader, this moment-to-moment awareness about what is happening in the present moment, right? I think what you just described, you're more focused. Mm-hmm. You're, you're concentrating. Yeah. You have fewer distractions. You know, yeah. if we were in an office room and we had, the, you know, we could go up and get the coffee or we could, you know, it might be more difficult. There's a lot of things to look at on the person's yeah. desk yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I mean, all these things are coming at us in, and I think, you know, things come at us from our body, feelings, sensations, things come from our mind, thoughts, and things come at us from the outside world. And part of being more mindful is to be more focused and to limit those distractions so that you can deal with what's right in front of you in effective and in some cases, an efficient way. We're always quick to go to what's next, what's next, what's next that we don't actually fully make the connection with other people. I think deep listening, deep observation skills, and building the time. You know, I have this formula, three, five, six, eight, and people love to ask me what the numbers stand for. And the three and the five, three, no more than three essential things I get to do each day in no more than five unique events. What's that doing? That's building in the time for me to be more mindful and more focused for those activities. 
I'm not over subscribing myself such that, that. I'm, I'm moving on always like moving on to the next thing. It's like, you know, eating the food before you've ordered off the menu. I mean, you, you, you got to get the order right. right. <laughs> there is a sequencing. Right. Okay. So let's go to the last piece that you offered around mind. The mindful leader is having situational awareness. Yeah, we're operating right in an organization. We're operating in different contexts. We're operating in a, in an interdependent world. We've got to be very mindful of the situation. Who are the players involved? Who are the key stakeholders? What is their capability? How do we need to show up as a leader? Can we just allow them to work it out? Do we need to provide clearer direction? I think all of those factor in. And when we get the intersection of knowing ourselves, knowing others, and really knowing the situation, we make the best optimal choice for moving forward. So this is really about context of a situation and how that intercepts with the key stakeholders involved. Is that right? Absolutely. Because as the context changes, so will the actions change. And I, I remember, I'm kind of embarrassed in the story, but, and this was probably lack of self, other, and situational awareness. When I started coaching again, I coached baseball. I played baseball in college. I coached at a fairly high level. And when my son was younger, I coached his seven, seven-year-old T-ball team or, you know, little league team. And I, and I was all excited for the first practice. And, and my wife, Maggie came, she was watching me and, I, and I'm giving this, this motivational speech to these seven-year-olds that went about 10 minutes too long because it went 10 minutes. And, you know, she's looking at me, kind of giving me hand signals. I just missed the context. <laughs> I was no longer coaching 18 to 22-year-olds. Right, and, right. You know, and I was completely ineffective because of their age, their stage, their development level, and their attention span, quite frankly. I was taking it really seriously. I want to set the right tone. Well, missed that. And I certainly missed the context of who they were in their age and stage. And I, it, it wasn't too hard after eight or nine minutes to know none of them were paying attention. So wrapping this up a little bit, Ralph, what you're suggesting and what we're suggesting is that there are three components to being a mindful leader. One is around self-awareness, getting feedback, proactively getting feedback through either conversation or assessments and really strategic stillness, quieting the mind to pay attention to what's going on around you is, is a way to focus and strengthen self-awareness. The second piece was having other awareness, using deep listening and observing skills to be able to notice more and have a stronger awareness about other people. And then the last piece was around situational awareness. And this is really combining the context of any situation with the impact or just noticing the key stakeholders and how they intersect with the context of any situation. You reminded me of another way I like to frame this because I think each of these circles has an awareness piece and an action piece. And so I think about, first of all, the intention to be better as a leader, to be better with others and to be better with organizations, right? And then taking some action and then paying attention to the impact of that action. Did it get you the results? And then if yes, do more of that. If not, there's an adaptation. And so as we think about those three circles, the mindful leader is constantly looking at 
awareness and action, and then perhaps some adaptation, right? And then when we're paying attention, I've, I've often said that a good waiter can save a bad meal, right? But a good meal can't save a bad waiter. And what I mean by that, if they're mindful, if they're present, they can respond to the concerns that the people eating in the restaurant have. If you're paying attention, if you're aware, you can save it, you can change it, you can modify it. But if you're just going through the motions, you'll miss a lot of opportunities. That's great, Ralph. That's great. And we invite all of our listeners to please keep a watch out on our website and on our email communication. We'll be sharing more about the Mindful Leader in the coming months. And do come back for more episodes of the Get Emergent podcast, including our Driving Leadership series with Bill Berthel.